Travis is accurate. We did go to seminary together. Um, in seminary, you can probably imagine there are some real nerds that you know you're not going to be friends with because they don't like live in reality. Like they have, they say like "gosh darn it" um, <laughs> instead of uh, other words. But Travis was not one of those people, so I was encouraged <laughs> that I could have a friend uh, in seminary. Uh, yeah, I do adult ministries over at GreenLink. It's a new role since September, so I'm trying to figure it out still. So far, it's going pretty well. In fact, the whole pastor gig is working out for me so far, but I'm a type A personality, and so like all good type A's, I have some backup plans. Like if the pastor thing doesn't pan out, I've got some other ideas of what I'm going to do. And uh, if I can swing it financially, no joke, I would either be a crossing guard or I would be a wood chipper operator. And I think it's, I'm like actually serious. I don't know that I can live off of those, uh, that income, but if I could, I think it's probably pretty obvious why I would be a crossing guard. You work two hours a day with children. You get to be outside. You get like total control over like a ton, uh, a ton pound vehicle with just this little flag, right? Like you got to tell them when to stop or go. And I actually really do enjoy chit chat. Uh, small talk is one of my like spiritual gifts. And so you have max one minute to talk to somebody and then they move on. So I like long conversations too, but it's like the ideal job really. So please, if one comes open, don't all apply for it because we'll have to fight for it, but it's, it's the dream job. It's not as clear to me why I would want to be a wood chipper operator. The best thing that I can come up with is in middle school, my uncle took a handful of cousins and invited us over to his house. He lived in Bothell back when Bothell was like actually the woods, not what it is now. Uh, but uh, he, he was really brilliant because he invited us all over. There was probably like four of us. And I can't remember exactly how many days it took, but he paid us in unlimited Jolly Ranchers which is a candy that I still cannot eat to this day because I got my money's worth. Uh, but for how many ever days it was, we had this great time felling these trees. We got to learn how to take trees down so that they would fall like in the right direction. We got to learn how to use chainsaws. I mean, we're middle schoolers, and my uncle's showing us this. Uh, and then, of course, he shows us how to use what's now my favorite. He, he shows us how to use the chipper. And the chipper is just an amazing machine. If you've spent much time with one, it takes this giant stack of branches that are totally useless once they're separated from the tree, right? Like, they're just in the way. And instead, you run them through this machine, and it turns them into beautiful wood chips, which you can use to line flower beds, the dog pen. He put a lair in the swing set area, which is where we found ourselves falling quite regularly, also where I dropped one of his children. So it was like a softer area now, so it worked out really well. Uh, the trees had to be taken down for a variety of reasons. Some of them were too close to the house, some of them where they were positioned in the yard. Uh, some of them were dead or in the midst of dying, so it was a little bit of a preemptive decision. Though there were still a bunch of trees left after we did all of this work, there was also notably less than what had been there for years. My middle school brain has no idea how many trees we took down. It, no idea. But after a short amount of time, the stumps were the only thing that were left. The only thing that reminded us that there were ever trees there at all. The trees themselves were essentially forgotten. The landscape had been rewritten. Because that's how it is when a tree becomes a stump. It's forgotten. One doesn't go to Joshua Tree or the Redwood Forest to see the stumps at all. The stumps only remind us that there was once this great and mighty tree. The stump is the lingering remains of a previous heyday, 
a memorial or a vestige of something that was once alive and vibrant and is now only a memory. It's this ecological reminder of the past, and the stump points out what is no longer there. It's a shadow of something that used to be glorious, but it's no longer glorious. The message of the stump is that the best of what it had to offer the world has come and gone. This morning, as we look at Isaiah 11, we're only going to look at uh, verses 1 to 10. So if you have a Bible or a device that has the Isaiah on it, feel free to pull that out. But we'll see that God uses the prophet Isaiah to talk about stumps, to articulate that the Holy Spirit cares about stumps, and to give pictures of what happens when the Holy Spirit interacts with stumps. So that's where we're going to go this morning, and let me open us with a word of prayer. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this season that we are in that has so much to celebrate and so much hope and light and joy. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to this particular scripture you have for us this morning, that we would hear you, that we would know how to respond to you, and Lord, that we would uh, see each other and you in a new way because of your scripture. In your name, amen. So Isaiah talks about stumps. A stump is essentially how we could describe the nation of Israel at this point in their history. When Isaiah is writing, the glory of their nation seems to be over. The best days seem to be behind them. Isaiah, throughout his book, has been using this agricultural imagery to depict Israel, which he refers to as the vineyard often. And he says it'll be made a waste. It will be devoured. He says that in chapter 5. In chapter 9, 8, all the way through to 10, 4, is this imagery after imagery about how in God's anger against Israel, he's felling trees. He's burning them down. He's bringing justice to the arrogant, those who have turned from him. Isaiah refers to the briars and the thorns in in reference to people's hearts and how uh, they are not very pretty right in this moment. So in chapter 10, verses 20 to 27, just before our scripture this morning, We're looking at how Isaiah describes how the majestic trees have been cut down, leaving a mess. There's nothing but stumps about what used to be a great nation. This kingdom has been reduced to an insignificant portion. What was once this Davidic kingdom where people came from all around the world to hear of the wisdom, they came to seek and learn about this God, Yahweh, has now been axed down by the Assyrian Empire. They're nothing of consequence as a people. They're in exile. The, king of, the kingdom of Israel at this point in their history is a stump. Many of us, I think, can identify with this metaphor of Israel as a stump, though sometimes we have stumps in our life that are not necessarily due to disobedience or arrogance. There are areas that due to circumstances that are outside of our control, the glory and the beauty of what once was in our lives seems to have faded, seems to be over Areas where the best days seem behind us, where our life or portions of our life feel boring or sad, sometimes horrific. This might be because of a failed relationship or a lack of relationship at all. It might be disappointment of the reality of a relationship versus our ideal, that our jobs aren't where we wanted them to be by this point in our lives, that we can't figure out how to parent our children in this particular stage that they're in, so we just keep circling over and over that there's a pain, an emotional pain or a scar that can't seem to fully heal. 
We just keep struggling with it. There are areas in our lives that we feel like our best days are over, and there's nothing we can do to get them back. Instead, we're at this standstill. We're stymied. We're stagnant. Stuck. We're stumped. And it's not just limited, limited to us personally. We can feel this way about our families, especially at the holidays. I don't know about you guys, but all of a sudden we're spending all this time with our families, which is so great. And oftentimes we find ourselves doing the things that we never do when we're with our peers or our coworkers or our friends. And all of a sudden we're acting like we're teenagers, though we are way past that. Or you're treating somebody like a teenager, even though they're way past that. We just can't get past this stump. We feel stuck. And then there are the stumps of institutions wanting things to change, but it takes so long for it to happen that we feel that it'll never actually change. So what do we do when we can't find the answers, when we can't figure it out, when we seem to be blocked from revelation and cut off from any hope of change and a brighter future, when we've done all that we can think of and still feel as if this area is a stump and not thriving, we usually turn to distractions, things that make us numb, things that change the subject for us, which can be exercise, TV, alcohol, shopping, social media, the internet. Of course, none of these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves, but the majority of the time, they also won't make the stump, the stump disappear. They won't give us a brighter future. So knowing this, the Lord through Isaiah articulates that the Holy Spirit cares about stumps. When we're faced with a stump, we can turn to the Spirit because the Spirit is linked to giving life. In Genesis, the Spirit hovers over the waters of creation. In Exodus, the Spirit empowers Moses to speak. In Matthew, the Spirit initiates the birth and then subsequently the resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul summarizes the Spirit succinctly in Romans 8, which I feel like I should get extra credit because we were just in Romans, by saying that the Spirit is life. He summarizes it so clearly. So when it feels as if something is dead or so far behind us that we can't get it back, Isaiah says, look to the Spirit. Repetitively, Isaiah reminds us not only that there is life in the Spirit, but that there are places where we have stumps. And in those places, we are neither cast off nor alone because the Spirit is present. In verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. He goes on to say that the Spirit's company, the very nature of the Spirit, brings wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, knowledge, fear of the Lord. In short, when the Spirit of the Lord rests on someone, and all of us who are believers have the Spirit, when the Spirit of the Lord rests on someone, something happens. For the Spirit, a stump might not be a sign that the best days are over, that something is dead. It might be a sign that it's just the beginning. Through the Holy Spirit, a shoot will come up out of the stump. Earlier in Isaiah, in the midst of all this hard imagery of what's happening to Israel, that everything has been taken from them, the land will be laid waste. In verse six, sorry, chapter 6, verse 13, he says, The country will look like pine and oak forest, with every tree cut down. Not that beautiful of an imagery. Every tree a stump, a huge field of stumps. But there is a holy seed in those stumps. Even in the midst of the land being laid waste, there is a seed of hope. And we know how the kingdom of God feels about seeds. Mark 4, 30 to 32, what is the kingdom, what is the kingdom of God like? It's like a mustard seed. 
When it lands on the ground, it is, it is quite small as seeds go, yet once it is planted, it grows into a huge tree with thick branches. Eagles nest in it. Sure, this is still a stump, but a stump has roots, and a stump is a still part of, a crea- a part of creation. The stump can serve as a reminder that God is not done with us yet, that he will renew it, that all he needs is a tiny seed to make something significant. It may not be what it was before or what it used to be, but it will be what God desires it to be. The stumps in your life might be a shadow of the past, but that might be exactly where redemption of our situations is to be found. The stumps of our lives do not stop God from working or indicate that he's given up. Rather, Isaiah gives us pictures of what happens when the Holy Spirit interacts with the stumps. The promise of Advent tells us that God never gives up on us. He always comes to us no matter how long we've waited. Verse 1, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. We have a pretty Christocentric reading of this, which interprets Isaiah's imagery as prophesying that just as David, the son of Jesse, was anointed and the Spirit rested on him to bring peace to the kingdom of Israel, that same Spirit will rest on a new king, the one Israel and all of us have been waiting for, Jesus. Every gospel testifies that the Spirit descended on Jesus when he was baptized. And Luke 4 quotes Isaiah 61, saying that through this anointing, the good news will be brought to the poor. Freedom will be proclaimed to the captives. Sight will be recovered to the blind. And the oppressed will be released. Pretty great news. When the Spirit of the Lord rests on someone, something happens. A shoot from the seed of a stump will be the hope of a new creation. Sparked by the Spirit and marked by righteousness and faithfulness. Through the stump, a new creation is established where, where natural predators uh, can now coexist in peace with their prey, where there's a world of justice, righteousness, faithfulness, reconciliation, peace, security, harmony, rest, vulnerability, and mutual trust. I get that that's a long list, and you're like, wow, that's a lot. And that's the point. It's a lot. It's beautiful. We'll be living in a world with verse 9 as its motto. That says, they will neither harm nor destroy at all on my holy mountain. That's the promise of Advent. A resting place where we can experience peace and community with each other as God's creation. Advent proclaims that Jesus is the shoot, a royal branch that grows into a tree bearing fruit for us. Advent reveals that there is one who has come and is coming to restore and renew all all things through one whose cut down tree was made into a cross that he that he was on and while he was on it it freed us to be who we were made to be the promise of advent can ignite us in a reminder for what is possible with god what's possible with god is that our stumps are not our future our future might come from a stump But as Howard Thurman says, even now there are roots silently working in the darkness of earth against a time when there shall be new leaves, new blossoms, and green fruit. The promise of Advent is that the stump does not represent the best days have come and gone, but that the best days, your best days, are still to come. Because through a shoot, the Holy Spirit brings life, and that life changed everything for all of time.
Join me in prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this good news. I thank you that there is both the reality that we have stumps in our life, that there is places that are, we are in pain, that we don't know what to do with, that feel unresolved, and also that there is reconciliation, both in the midst happening and will be coming. Lord, please show us how to hold those two things in tension, how to have hope and, and live in reality. Lord, and please show us also how to be a community of safety and hope for folks who are in that place, that we would be able to uh, hold that alongside of others, even if we don't share their understanding. In your name, amen.